welcome to psychosexual pain. She's, she's in, in psycho- psychosexual pain. She's in psychosexual pain. Um, today we have a special guest, Jacob, um, who has a Twitter account that I'm following. <laughs> that's jacob's qualifications (laughs) and also a really big fan of the movie that we're talking about today safe we were originally planning on discussing three todd haynes films but after it was originally going to be the lineup was going to be safe far from heaven and carol but after Haley and i Neither of us felt like watching a lot of movies, so um, we did we not. One. Well, actually, I didn't even rewatch. Morgan Safe. watched zero. <laughs> I, I was, watched one. I was planning on rewatching Safe, and then today, after I had my dentist appointment, which I did not go to, <laughs> it was rescheduled. Sorry, I was I got another Adobe uh creative cloud notification <laughs> made me jump. It wasn't about your dentist appointment. <laughs> I know I thought you were like genuinely shocked. No. <laughs> that I chose not to go to my dentist appointment today. I can't believe you would do something like this, Morgan. I was actually a little nervous if I would were to go in the dentist <laughs> for my dentist appointment because um last time I went to that dentist. He said, he told me that I have a tongue thrust, which means that I swallow <laughs> like an infant. So I was scared if I, he, um, this time he would say like, it hasn't improved and you need to go to therapy to would, fix like, your swallow. You. <laughs> no, to fix your, how you swallow. It was humiliating to find that out actually. Um. Well, you get to put it off for however however much longer now. I know. No, it's only for like two weeks. That's um something. Yeah. I don't I, I'm I don't think anything's gonna happen. Okay, well, Unless I'll, he asked me to like my thoughts. I probably forgot. <laughs> um so yeah, we are talking about Safe, a movie that I love, and it's actually a movie, one of the few movies like I obsessively think about one at least once a week. That's actually insane. <laughs> do you not have any of those movies? No, I do. Just Safe is not one of them. You, yeah. <laughs> you safe said you were, one. Safe was one for you, Jacob. Oh. Oh, definitely. This was a, a, a game-changing movie, as far as I'm concerned, at least in my own. What in the fuck is happening there? That was a game, <laughs> movie, as far as I'm concerned, at least for me. <laughs> um. Uh, should I tell the story of how I discovered Safe? Yeah, Please. I think everyone should. Yes. So I was. In high school, I was 17 years old. I was getting in the Criterion Collection. I was getting more and more into movies in general. And I would just like spend my time in the Barnes and Noble just reading the summaries or like looking at the covers. And at the time, Julianne Moore was my favorite actor. I hadn't seen like a lot of movies with her in it, but she was never bad 
in a movie that I had seen her in. So I decided like, okay, she's my favorite. She's my absolute favorite. And then I see a movie called Safe. I'm like, what, what's this? And I read the summary and I'm like, Jesus, this sounds horrifying and awesome. And Julianne Moore is in it. And I decided, all right, I had never heard of Todd Haynes. I had never heard of this movie. I never heard of the new queer cinema movement. I wasn't really that deep into movies yet. I just knew that this sounded cool. So I wanted to watch it. And I remember like bringing it home like the next day and then putting it in my my blu-ray player and just absolutely shocked at what i was watching like it was like you feel sick by the end when you're watching that final fucking shot and i just remember my like my i I just spent the rest of the movie just with my hands over my head and i remember my mother just like kind of coming in to say hello and then she's like oh and then like apparently i just looked really really shocked (laughs) the ending of this film because i to this day like no final shot haunts me as much as um julianne moore with scabs on her face and her head in a ponytail and just like the lights being as dim as possible telling herself that i love you Spoilers, by the way. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, oh, I was going to say, I forgot to mention this, Haley, but we got three plays on our last podcast. No way! <laughs> yes. Oh! Oh, we need, like, a sound effect button. It was like, bow, bow, bow. <laughs> <laughs> Vine boom sound effect. <laughs> like, um, Can we get that? Can we please... <laughs> um like uh the Nicki Wait, Minaj on. clip <laughs> to freedom <laughs> hold on I gotta I gotta keep talking keep talking um so yeah I was there's a lot of things I wanted to respond to to what you said Jacob I yeah. but like first I guess I, I'll start with my first experience watching safe and that was <laughs> do it again play it again It's like very faint. Okay, wait. <laughs> Is that loud? Yeah, that was better. That was better. Um, uh, so I first watched it like during the beginning of the pandemic. So like twenty. Appropriate movie to watch. Yeah, <laughs> like honestly, the movie gets like even more relevant as the as time goes on like even before the pandemic but like Mm -hmm. with the pandemic it has really gotten a lot more relevant but yeah I watched that early pandemic uh that was when I had a Criterion channel subscription (laughs) and I saw Julianne Moore was in it and Todd Haynes directed it I was like okay I'll watch I'll watch this and it was like a last minute watch before the movie got removed from the Criterion channel it was so I watched three movies that night it was oh Safe Orlando uh with Tilda Swinton and um Wendy and Lucy oh I fucking love that movie Kelly uh which I mean Kelly Reichardt Todd Haynes uh produced that movie they're Kelly Reichardt's like really close friends with Todd Aiden, so they're like a little related but yeah I um 
I don't think I immediately fell in love with Safe, but it's one of those movies that like the more I think actually think about it, the more I love it over time. And I'm like, oh yeah, there's a lot of layers to this movie and a lot of um and I love the production design. You guys hear that? What? <laughs> the sawing noise? No. Okay, that's good. Hang <laughs> on. No, I love the production design, which like lends yes. itself to like this claustrophobic feeling, even though it's like a lot of wide, empty spaces, but it somehow it like is so claustrophobic. <laughs> I, my, I just my... love it favorite thing about movie i think it's because of the way it zooms sometimes like there will be moments where like you will just have like the the slowest zoom imaginable Mm -hmm. no there's a couple like shots where it's just her like standing completely still just like motionless and then it will like it will like dolly zoom like the slowest and so it's like it's so disorienting because it's not like in your face it's like a subtle little like zoom effect that it's crazy and there's so many also in terms of other stuff I love in this movie there's so many great dialogue moments (laughs) that are like not it's like it's disturbing and yet kind of funny at the same time. I love the where like when Julianne Moore like talks about being a milkaholic. <laughs> yes, a milkaholic. Uh, like I'm such a milkaholic, and it's to her doctor who does not believe anything that is happening to her. So it's like, <laughs> it's like the conversation as a whole is like quite disturbing in her life. But um, I love just like Julianne Moore calling herself a milkaholic. That's perfect. Haley, what about you? My safe story? Yeah. Um, I don't remember the first time I watched Safe. I was like scrolling through my letterbox diary trying to figure it out, but I couldn't tell you. Uh, <laughs> my, be- <laughs> my best my best with safe. <laughs> <laughs> my my best guess is that I had seen, probably had seen Carol and was like, oh, that was an interesting film. What if, if I watch more of this guy's movies? And then I watched Safe. And I was but like, the thing oh, is, you don't even cool. love Carol that much. I don't. But... <laughs> but <laughs> Which I adamantly disagree with. No, I don't care. Look, I don't I'm care. Sorry. I'm it's sorry. Not like you, it's not like you're one of those people that are like, Carol's actually bad. <laughs> it's actually bad film. Like the worst i've ever seen probably um, <laughs> carol is bad lesbian representation yeah actually it, just, it like it lent itself so to the <laughs> lent itself to the lesbian period peace drama <laughs> and, it has, and it had carrie brownstein in it so that just does it that just sent it over the edge for me like I can't carry around scene scene for like five seconds. <laughs> it's like truly something that is like monumental to actually the text of she's in psychosexual pain. <laughs> no, if you're gonna be listening to this podcast, you need 
to have seen Carol and you need to analyze every frame of the Carrie Brown scene. It's so funny because she does not know what to do with her hands during that scene. She just keeps on moving it. And it's like, I like, I totally understand why Carrie Brown scene's probably like two minute scene was cut down to 15 seconds. (laughs) But anyway, back to me. Um, and my boring safe story. I watched it and I was like, that was pretty good. And <laughs> and then I moved on with my life. <laughs> um, I think I might probably also watched it on the Criterion channel back when I had my my year subscription to the Criterion. I, I, I told you this, but I was like subscribed to the Criterion for like, channel for like two years and watched like 10 movies tops. I watched more than that, so uh, no, at least so I you, got my money's worth. Yeah. Um, that yep, that's all I gotta say about my first time watching. <laughs> when did you think about it? Like during your rewatch? Okay, you were during like, my saving your thoughts, you did not want to reveal. Yeah, I did. I think I actually wrote a couple notes down in my notes app. Well, I don't remember what I said. You're oh, so prepared. I said. I said. I said. Opening shot is Mulholland Drive as fuck. I love like the synth beats in the opening drive. Yeah. Uh, no, like, I made a note. So I made a good. note about the score because it's very like it's very Mulholland Drive-esque. Like a car, like a POV shot of a car like going down a windy road or whatever. And it's also like, after like that. What a like an opening scene of like Julianne Moore having sex with her husband, but like having the most great face imaginable. Like, oh, yeah, not she's doing like she's just still. Um, and I also like after that, you would kind of imagine you'd hate the husbands and that in the film, but I think he is pretty likable and supportive like one of the more supportive characters in her life even if he's not perfect but like yeah that's true like everyone else is either taking advantage of her or just like does not want to understand or yeah no he's like pissed off but he's like all right (laughs) (laughs) I guess I better go along with it yeah He's there out of support. Like he genuinely wants to have, like, uh, make his wife feel better or whatnot. Mm-hmm. But he has, he's just like, I really don't understand. And then, like, the last interaction they have is when she's like, "It's your cologne." And he's, he's like, "I'm not wearing cologne." Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. It's like Jesus. Like, did, like if if she survives that night, does does he come back and see her again? That's what I'm always, that's what the question that's always on my mind is like, does anybody come back and see her again? Well, I, I more wonder like, is this all in her mind or like, is this caused by something mm-hmm. m- like going on mentally or actually caused by her surroundings? Mm-hmm. Because that, that is the question. That is the big question of the film. <laughs> Yeah. It's not ever answered. I mean, she's obviously having like a reaction to something. She like had 
like she's like legit like ill (laughs) (laughs) i know but she only gets more ill as the movie goes on and she comes becomes more sheltered Mm -hmm. which like makes you believe that it's probably not her environment and Mm -hmm. i mean there's that around her there's like there's that one scene where they're in like a I don't know what you would call it like a support the support group scene or whatever where they're all talking about like where they believe their illness came from and none of it is like none of them are talking about like oh it started when like I inhaled such and such from like whatever fumes they're all talking about like their traumas and like their failures and stuff I mean I um the turn of the movie where it goes like to like her being alone and then her finding this group that is like very close to like what self-help culture was and has become over the Mm -hmm. years where it's like it's like taking the onus of all your problems that you are experiencing physically and mentally and blaming it on yourself and everything that is happening to you is somehow tied to um problems in your life that you have to fix yeah and that um and taking the blame off of like the medical industry and whatever it's like Mm -hmm. which obviously was problematic then especially since it is kind of like an allegory for the AIDS crisis Mm -hmm. and like has only grown to reach more and more people um did you get the notification? Mm-hmm. We need to. Um, we'll just start and restart every episode. <laughs> this is gonna until we upgrade to Zoom Premium Zoom or whatever. Pro. Not gonna happen. Yeah. We'll just use that as a break time. Um, I was gonna say something and I about, lost. It. Well, we were talking about. I was talking about self help culture. Yeah. Yeah, I lost whatever I had. Well, there's like um the analysis that I've started to also kind of like pick up upon, especially uh especially as I've um especially as I've grown older, especially as I've watched more Todd Haynes films. I have seen the last third or half of this film as more of a queer camp, of a queer conversion camp, especially mm-hmm. because oh. the leader is uh, has AIDS or has HIV and which was you know tim- uh, typically found in gay folks at the time yeah. and what I had and that's what I had kept thinking about the film which was nobody knows how to you know help adapt uh, anybody who is queer into their environment so instead we're just going to put them away in just a camp and hope that maybe they get better yeah. or whatnot but that's mm-hmm. especially because um especially because like um Todd Haynes's previous film before this was Poison which was also very much about um you know everybody around them seeing uh, a gay man as a monster mm-hmm. and uh there's something there too about um the way Julianne Moore's character is treated as the film continues to go on Nobody knows exactly how to help, but instead they would just rather have her 
go away because she's just harshing their mellow. And, mm-hmm. and especially because, Jesus, I've said those two words a lot. I apologize. <laughs> especially with the, with the last, um, the last frame of the film being her telling herself that she loves herself. I wonder if that, I've, I've always wondered if that is the film's death sentence for, for Julianne Moore, or if that's her step into self-acceptance into how she herself will maybe get better. Because I think that's the only time she has ever like said anything remotely to herself and meant it, especially, or remotely positive to herself and mm-hmm. meant it as a result, especially as she went to that ranch in Nevada. I mean, yeah, it's definitely, it's like a complicated thing because it's like, like on some, on some level, she's like accepting, like, um, I forget his name, but like the uh, counselor or whatever believes that like he, um, that in order to fix this problem that it comes within yourself and it's going to be solved by self-acceptance. And it's like, Obviously, there is something a little more to that than she does need actual help. And then, um, but then also at the same point, it's like, yeah, she has very little support and she does need it from, at least from herself. Uh, it, it is like a complicated double message that it, it I, it's like one of the best like open-ended uh, endings in film, I think, or at least oh. from the time period. I love it. Especially because like, it's a very kind of, I don't want to say that whole, no, I, I would argue it's a cult or at least some sort of. Um, oh, I would definitely argue it's like sure. a cult. Oh, yeah. Sure. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, thinking about like, especially like again, like on rewatches of the film, I was thinking to myself, Jesus Christ, this guy is kind of determined to help break everybody down. Yeah. And I guess that was just, you're right, that was just self help in the 90s, especially with the whole rising and sort and that sort of self help uh, culture where it just kind of amounted to nothing really. I think, uh, I forget, I'd have to like look this up, but I think uh, there was like an author that um, he was heavily, Todd Haynes was heavily inspired by when writing, where it was like um, an author who had AIDS, who said like, I, (laughs) this all could be like fixed through (laughs) self-acceptance. Like AIDS can be fixed by self-acceptance, like which, lends itself to like the AIDS allegory and then like also like how mm-hmm. self-help culture is mm-hmm. like problematic and has always <laughs> it not to like um state the obvious state this guy's self-help culture is problematic but. yeah <laughs> especially now thinking about it especially with that ending she's covered in almost complete darkness in some ways there is like um 
excuse me, uh, nobody else has been able to help her at all. In some ways, it's a bit of a last resort, but it's all for nothing. Nobody has been able to truly help with her environmental illness or any sort of her own mental problems. I mean, her husband and her stepson come to visit for a weekend, but the stepson can hardly wait to get out of there. And in some cases, same with the husband. They're both just very like antsy to just kind of get out of there. He doesn't want to hear any of this anymore. Yeah. Uh, and I, I could be wrong because I haven't seen it in a while, but with, um, it's not even like understood by a lot of the other people <laughs> there. Yeah. Yeah. Where maybe it's just because they're like kind of fully indoctrinated and <laughs> into this belief and she's still new to it mm. but um actually i don't know now thinking about it more there was definitely people that were i don't know where i'm going with this <laughs> but but yeah like there is just like even if they were supportive there was still like uh she was still alone at the end of the day mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. And then she goes to, like, the loneliest place imaginable where, like, she's not surrounded by anyone and she's, like, in a fucking igloo. <laughs> the end oh, God, yeah. The igloo. I, I, which is another great production design choice, by the way. I love Oh, oh can we... There, I, I think one of the best scenes in the film is like when she's getting her hair done oh yeah (laughs) like that was like kind of disturbing no like i know i was when i was re-watching it and that scene came on i was like wait why am i kind of scared right now (laughs) no because like you know she's definitely why am i scared you know like she's definitely gonna get a reaction to Mm -hmm. it and it's so it's so good i um every single scene in that first half where she's having a reaction is like the most terrifying thing you've ever seen in your life. Like that, like five minute car scene where she's just yes. coughing. Oh my god! I, I, I was terrified the first time I saw that. Or where she's at, like the um, it's like a baby shower or whatever. The kids sitting and on her lap. And she has like anaphylactic shock. Yeah, and she's got the kids sitting on her lap, and she she's like heavy heavy breathing, like can't move, can't speak, just like. <sighs> Like that's terrifying, and it like pushes in the camera. That's like me every in. time I have a panic attack. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what, it, I have that's what it, shock. That's why it's like. But except she actually does have anaphylactic shock. No, that's why it's scary. Like if you've been in that position, you're like, oh shit! Like, <laughs> no, it's terrifying. Okay, I'm gonna end the recording, and then we'll, we'll be back. back. We'll be back. We're back. Okay. 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 Hello. Um. Hello. Hello, friends. Oh, I was gonna say say something about the uh 
car scene and i've been wanting to use that as a reaction video on twitter <laughs> for so long julia <laughs> moore given the best performance of her life just to be turned into a reaction video no, literally of all of you literally <laughs> you know like i knew it <laughs> I, I feel like the staple of a good reaction video is if like this actor is just like having the worst time they're just like in the worst situation they're like fighting for their life and you're like oh let me use this as a meme no it's like and it's like usually like really good acting too except yeah the joker but like that's just because like the it's so over dramatic and campy actually no. the gifs <laughs> you wouldn't get it it's funny and you're laughing is still your reaction you wouldn't no, I get wanna, it. You you have to start using the um the scene in Mulholland Drive where she like kills herself. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, we see We put like, we like, like <laughs> <laughs> we use the scene of when like Naomi wants is like violently masturbating. <laughs> That's like a, rea- that's a like- reaction joke. That one's so good. Actually. No, the one where it's the one where it's there's like a red filter <laughs> it's on it. And red, it's shaking. Like- <laughs> I favorite- love that one so much. Well, you mentioned that it has to be like an actor having the worst time. That's why the best reaction video of all time is um uh Isabella Gianni in possession. Like, <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Like, 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 like a bunch of shit around. So good. So good. Oh my god, incredible. No. Oh, <laughs> I, 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 disappeared I, for a second. I, I dropped my phone. <laughs> um yeah, that is one of the best. One of the best. Um, let's talk about more of safe. Let's get it back on track. I want to talk, I want to backtrack a little bit to, uh, the queer reading of it, like the conversion camp. I wrote down, there was a one specific line from the first half that I wrote down in my notes where Mm. I think it's, um, the scene where she's like in bed or something and her husband's. I don't know her and her husband are having a fight or whatever and she says I know it's not normal but I can't help it <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. it's like damn that's a little on the nose yeah. um and then um back to that um like the support group scene where they're all talking about um the cause of their illness I was like yeah. this is like very reminiscent of find like finding your root and but I'm a cheerleader. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. This is this is like something this whatever is a product of like yourself or your environment and it's something that you have to go back and like unpack and change it and figure out why you are the way you are. Yes. Yeah. No. Oh god, sorry. Oh I, I just I wasn't gonna say anything um important you can go ahead um no um it's because the message then is very powerful which is self-acceptance can only get you so far and Mm -hmm. then after that it's like and then after that it's like but what are you know these 
camps what are these you know like little like ranches the like the people in your life what are they doing to help you like yeah. you may love yourself and that is you know very powerful like self-acceptance and self-love are indeed very powerful but it's not like a that can't be the only thing not at all which i actually think is an extremely powerful <laughs> my has joined hi, hi i haven't seen this movie but I'm here. <laughs> Great. my um likes listening to us talk mm-hmm. i guess like background noise this right is here. this is how the podcast came it's into conception no, it's literally just a live podcast for her yeah she, every night i facetime them and i like go into like a drug-induced like vegetative state <laughs> and listen to them talk <laughs> she uh yesterday she was like you should be recording right now because we what were we talking about we were just talking about Carrie Robinson on point no like um we after were talking about we were... a league of their own oh yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Their... no like, like after Carrie we... is like the shame of like <laughs> prestige of television ensemble television <laughs> No, we, yeah, we were just excited for the new a League of Their Own because it's about time that a new lesbian ensemble show. It's really okay. Amen. Yeah, amen. I like all the reviews are saying like it's well, it's like mixed so, some of them, but like all of them are agreeing. It's like really gay. <laughs> I'm actually so excited now. Like, no, I'm I got so you excited. on it. You got me mm-hmm. so excited. Is like Tom I kind of can't wait still in there no i think it's like all new cast except like rosie o'donnell plays a gay bartender (laughs) gay like the the butch um bar owner or something at a gay bar sick (laughs) no it's actually (laughs) no but it's all new characters and new cast that's fair then, because I could see Tom Hanks playing the disgruntled gay man or disgruntled. <laughs> there was actually, um, speaking of straight actors playing it, has has anyone here seen The Birdcage? I've seen La Cage Foe. I haven't seen The Birdcage. Uh, when it, like Robin Williams in that movie, I was like, oh, he could do like very well as a gay man. <laughs> he like. Um, you would have to like see it to understand. I mean, actually, you could just like see a picture of him with his like little mus with his mustache, and you're, like, you'd get it. You'd understand. He would be able to do very well as a game. I love it. <laughs> okay, back to safe. Yes. Um, what were we talking about? Um, before my <laughs> came in. The something, uh, oh, something, oh, like a uh, uh, conversion therapy. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm, oh, there is one scene that I wanted to talk about. Um, towards the end, um, it's like her birthday party, and they're like, oh. speech, 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 and she makes the most like airheaded like <laughs> yeah, yeah that was so awkward actually she's so like sad. she's like i just think 
um we need to be more aware like um going into buildings and like oh the God, air yeah. and the chemicals and they're all like Yay! <laughs> <laughs> yeah like that, spewing this like, it was hard to watch that actually they've, yeah. that they've like indoctrinated her with this whatever yeah and it's like I mean, at the same time, can you, like, really blame her? Because she, it's, like, the only place that she, where her problems are actually seen as, like, real problems, and Mm -hmm. she's not getting denied that, like, she is actually going through something. Where it's, like, oh, yeah, like, we know how to fix this, and every medical doctor is saying this isn't real. So, yeah, Mm -hmm. obviously, like, you probably, if you have, like, nowhere else to turn, Maybe not everyone would like get indoctrinated, but like, <laughs> like you I mean, wouldn't be like so. It's not so out of the question. Yeah. Yeah. People are susceptible, vulnerable, especially like if you're going through something like that. You're like extra vulnerable to that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And also, like, speaks to, like, how marginalized communities are often overlooked by um, by the medical mm. um, mm-hmm. community, especially, like, yeah, like, gay people historically, and then also, like, people of color and women. Mm-hmm. So, like, it all feeds into that. no because i i feel like i mean obviously it's not the same thing but i wonder if like monkeypox is gonna like follow like a similar kind of like path as like aids or like hiv well yeah because like the cdc has primarily mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. government have primarily said it's like a disease between like gay men, gay men. between it's gay men scary. when it's like yeah like gay men are more susceptible towards it but like anyone anyone can can get get it it. anyone can get it and i mean like it's not like a new thing like people have been getting it for a long time and like people from like all backgrounds have like i don't know it like scares me a little when i like hear it like being kind of like associated with just gay men the fact that you can only get the vaccine if you're a gay man or a trans woman who's having sex with multiple like same sex partners and how that however like span of time also like like, yeah by erasure i guess (laughs) (laughs) like women can have sex with like men who have sex with men but yeah um there (laughs) there was like i saw a meme that was like um my uh doctor like checking my um qualifications for the monkey pox like vaccine like did you whatever did like did you fuck him like <laughs> i know i saw like a video i mean it's like all like the videos about trying to get like a monkey pox vaccine and it literally has to do with like um trying to be like the most stereotypically gay person to, alive yeah. to, to, in like, order to get it but also yeah spot. it is um 
<laughs> it is sad because then if it's only associated with gay men, you know it's not going to be taken seriously by the public. Mm-hmm. And, and then it's also going to only lead to more people getting it and more deaths and all that. And these fuckers have been waiting for AIDS too for like... AIDS too? <laughs> yeah. You I mean, know what is crazy is mm-hmm. before like all this monkeypox stuff started, there was like a TikTok that was like POV, you're dying of mega AIDS. (laughs) (laughs) You're dying of mega AIDS. What do you do before you die? (laughs) It's like, this is mega AIDS, guys. No, I mean, obviously, it's not as like um, deadly, but um, and, and there's a vaccine. That's true. God bless. God bless. Oh my God. Could you imagine if there wasn't a vaccine? Well, because like, um, just in terms of like how easily, more easily it's able to spread than AIDS, Mm -hmm. which was very, I mean, like it killed off like a whole generation of gay men. Yeah. Even decades after, like, I remember in high school, uh, I had a friend of mine, uh, he was gay and he wanted to give blood, but they wouldn't allow him to give blood because he wasn't a virgin and he had only had sex. Yeah, there's like a box that you can check like to this day. Yeah, it's still so discriminatory, even Mm -hmm. if like even like though we you have could, like you could just like test for AIDS. Yeah, literally. Just test the fucking blood for hard. AIDS. Literally. And they choose, still choose to discriminate gay men. And, like, you kind of still have to do that anyway. Like, yeah, even, even though like gay men are usually way more on top of checking for AIDS oh, than so straight true. men. It's like. And they're like on, like, there's prep too, which like, you know, straight men like aren't taking, but like. Absolutely not. Lots of gay men are. And like, yeah, yeah it's like I feel like at this totally point they're, they're less likely to have AIDS than anyone else. Well, no, but <laughs> whatever. <laughs> I mean, but like they're more likely to like take into consideration uh, it than most marginalized yeah. groups. Um. Um. No. <laughs> I was like, like, let's think about this, let's. like, biologically. <laughs> let's, like, actually We're just making, like, accusations completely <laughs> unbacked. Yeah, I was gonna, like, I, I've seen, like, the mo- like, 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 at this point, we need to call AIDS the straight disease, because, like, just no, straight people are just, Actually, like, it's, like, actually, no, we can't. They're crazy because- with AIDS. That we actually can't because (laughs) it is sad because like there is still like you are still way more likely to get AIDS if you're like black and gay and uh well like just like disproportionately like I think there's more like white gay men that have AIDS but like disproportionately like you are more likely to as a black gay man like percentage wise and i mean when you take into account like medical discrimination and stuff yeah. like mm-hmm. it makes sense mm-hmm. yeah a hundred percent and then also just in terms of like how like affluent 
like, like affluence definitely takes part in how like white like, people and straight people have more looks- access to medical care in general yeah 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 yeah, yeah. so like it, i mean like i get what you're saying but at the same time <laughs> not, wait i bestie i don't know how to tell you <laughs> bestie i don't know how to tell you this but you said something really problematic oh, <laughs> i'm sorry i'm sorry um but back yes to gay it. people no longer have aids um <laughs> at all not a thing anymore you Mm-mm. heard it here first yeah this no uh, we, like seriously we need to start talking about it like <laughs> like it's a thing and nobody's talking about it monkeypox what are we talking about no the fact Bella? that gay people don't have it don't have aids ever. it's not a thing no like, never heard of it in my life like 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 it was actually never even true like mm-hmm. that gay people had it, it was just like made up by the days. government yeah no literally to suppress gay they yeah like, yeah exactly literally... to suppress gay sex that's, that's what i'm saying like it's all a conspiracy do you think like the government made like made the strand of like aids to I'm sorry, I can't, I can't say this. <laughs> it's like, it's actually no, so no, 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 no. They had like they had like one guy like in the government contracted on purpose, and then j- he just like had it to gay sex. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what oh happened. God. They're like, okay, they're like, okay, they put an ad out. Actually, they're like, okay, we need a guy who's willing to contract a deadly autoimmune virus and spread it to the gay community. And that's how it happened. Okay. This is so <laughs> bad. Like, could you imagine if any of this gets taken out of context? <laughs> like, you were like, you told me yesterday that you were thinking about you saying that like Ellen can identify as a lesbian because she doesn't have any sex appeal. You said that you said you said that you thought about that for a day, days, weeks, even after. Now, like, think about all the stuff that you said right now within Listen, like the past ten minutes. <laughs> uh, it's a joke. Damn. Actually, that makes is sense. that true? Isn't that but... fucking insane? Okay, like... we might like repeat it actually because okay. Okay, speaking of conspiracies, did you know that the BMI guidelines for obesity were basically created by two pharmaceutical pharmaceutical companies in the 90s that were trying to get weight loss drugs approved? Like that is literally it. Before that, there were not BMI guidelines for obesity. And like they changed them. So like you could stay the same way in one year be normal weight and then the next year be considered like medically obese isn't that fucking insane that is so crazy and also they started using bmi for children which is like literally like not how it works because kids like grow out and then up and out and up no the way they would like you would have to like do your bmi and pe class yeah like Like, what is that bmi was designed as like a population statistic like it wasn't supposed to be used on an individual scale and it was based off like statistics from like french peasants in like the 1800s like it's yeah what the hell and also like japanese people in like 
Samoan people are like considered like the same category when it comes to like BMI, which is like just crazy because like people naturally like based on like what environments like their ancestors have like grown up in like naturally have different builds and like yeah. to put everyone and I mean just like e even the idea of like having these classifications is like fucked up but to like put people who like are not even remotely like in the same area under like one classification is like even crazier so insane actually yeah like it it sounds like a conspiracy theory but it's like lit that's like just what happened like wow the more you know more you know. i know i love like every day i'm learning something new about how like like rich like white men just ruined everything like the and obesity like, epidemic is some, like not a thing like, like that yeah. was just made up no some guys just made up like race and class and gender and now that's how we live like that's what we live by like some guys literally just made that up because they wanted more power or whatever yeah. over like the population and now like that's now we're dictates like, our fucked. entire lives <laughs> like every second of every day no it's crazy crazy yeah. shit horrible shit and that's to say <laughs> uh, uh, means would want us to have this conversation because that like uh because like being able to apply his film i mean it's modern still day like sense of related so, to, like, so what what film is this safe 1995's safe directed by todd haynes who also directed carol and oh you were telling me about him last night yeah todd we haynes were a... we were preparing Todd Haynes is a god Haynes. <laughs> I thought he was one of the like Marvel guys. Like oh yeah, you until told last us. night. Yeah. Yeah. Like, who who would he be? What I don't Marvel know. I thought guy? he would be like, I don't know, like Captain America or like Thor or something. <laughs> the fact yeah. that you thought like, he sounds like Thor. The first the first gay superhero. <laughs> like a 60 year old man <laughs> the first gay superhero was joe russo in avengers endgame oh that's so true <laughs> did anyone see that movie what, avengers, endgame? avengers endgame no like the one that he just they just released on netflix the gray oh, man but I, I, like, I, I kind of why would i watch that movie. that like kind of seems like the straightest movie ever made it probably yeah. is. The I don't get, you know what I don't get? The Chris Evans hype. He's so ugly he, and he disgusting. Was, <laughs> he was good once upon a time. And then he decided, hello, I like money. I, like, I, I thought he was good I like, at Snowpiercer. I like Sorry. money and the military. Yeah. Is he the one? Oh, no, okay, my. He didn't tweet his nudes. He, his uh, camera no, no, I don't remember. It was like, a, no, I thought he like tweeted like a, like a screenshot, a of, his screenshot of his camera roll, and there was like his dick in the corner. Wait, and, did he do? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That was and, what happened. I remember guard, seeing guard like so and then, many pictures of it on my timeline. 
and then everyone and then uh he was like oh, well guys vote or something i think i i think i've seen his penis more than have, anybody else's <laughs> now that i have your attention like actually <laughs> now that i have a, your attention vote and then that, uh the, the, the picture Jamie Lee Curtis replied to that tweet. He's she was like, "Well, my son or something," and like clap the clapping emoji. <laughs> it's like what it's like that? because Jamie Lee Curtis played his mother in Knives Out. Oh like, yeah, that's like so oh. up actually. Oh, by the way, Haley, I did rewatch everything everywhere all at once. I went to the theater with my friends. I slept through half of it. <laughs> what? How um, I also watched it last night or rewatched it. I was not as warm on it. It's still I think it's still I pretty love good. That movie. No, the like okay, I actually first I ten didn't... minutes are great. Like genuinely. Like I love the first ten minutes. And then once it starts to get it all to the multiverse stuff, that's when I'm just like mm, that makes I, sense. Well, okay, so Haley knows this, but I didn't really like it that much the first time I saw it. I thought it was fine I understood why people liked it I didn't feel the need to tweet out my opinion because I'm like people are really enjoying this I don't want to be like negative I'm better than it. you I'm better than like you. guys um guys actually this movie's really bad um guys actually <laughs> um, guys, um guys actually I have a differing opinion oh, than the, this is the most of the population the populace also but also i also hate people who like attack the first person that like says something negative about a movie and then are like yeah. oh look at how every the tide has changed on the film it's like no just one person tweeted something negative and now you feel the need to say that everyone has the same opinion me me with nope i'm gonna i was gonna I'm say gonna i was gonna say spewing nope hate <laughs> but then you restrain your well you, you got suspended anyway yeah, I got suspended before I could spew my no pay. Yeah, and now you have to use a VPN. Huh? You got- oh, it's the story of my Twitter suspension is quite the saga. <laughs> no, we, we we need to tell Jacob actually. <laughs> Should we go into it for real? Yeah, so like it's a long story. Hear. It's a long story. It's actually insane because. <laughs> <laughs> literally just has to do with you tweet vague tweeting about jody comer you just literally <laughs> you just used her initials <laughs> no it's literally so funny i i wish i i wish i had like the original tweet that like set it off because it was so funny it was something about like i had seen like jody comer in an ad or something or she was going to be in, like, a bunch of movies or something. I was like, oh, God, I can't believe I have to, like, <laughs> no hate no hate to her. No hate to Jodie Comer. But I was like, oh, God, I like, she's just going to be around forever. And I'm going to have to see her everywhere. But the thing and is, like, you're literally attracted to her in Killing Eve. So it wasn't exactly, even, like, that's that why big can, of a hate tweet. That's why I can say it. Um, because it literally wasn't a it wasn't a hate tweet, okay? And I stand by this. And it was but vague I, tweeting too, because it was like J asterisk actress 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 Like honestly, I just mean on me how they even fucking found it. Yeah. So so I tweeted, I tweeted some vague hate tweet with <laughs> J asterisk. 
Like, it could have said Jesus Christ for all they knew. And the Jody Comer stands... <laughs> Literally was the same. The Jody Comer the- stands found it and came after me and reported all of, like, my tweets where I was saying, like, homophobic slurs or whatever. And I got... So, so that was my original account that I got suspended. <laughs> no, it was, like, ah. specifically one fucking Jody Comer account, though. Yeah, it was one person who, like, reported because, all of my... Oh, and I found, I found one... I they they I was like uh this was back when like my face was actually I don't even think my face was in my profile picture at the time and they were and they somehow found uh like a photo of me from a while ago because I think I said tweeted like face reveal or something and mm. I was defending Haley. oh they called you ugly <laughs> they called me an ugly foot they called us both ugly they called you an they called you an ugly butch and I got called <laughs> an ugly foot it was for me it was so the- funny they're that passionate about star of free guy Jody Comer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But that was but, the so that yeah. was the first time I got suspended. That was my the original first time. Yeah, that was the first time. Well, and obviously, like when you get suspended, they like keep tabs on you, so you can't come back. So I had like made a bunch of different accounts that kept getting suspended, and eventually, I just gave up. And well, yeah. now you're you were like for a little bit you were using the uh podcast twitter to keep on on twitter but that but i was like dude i think you have to get a vpn and that really turned Haley off because they got my ip because (laughs) because um i had gotten i was using an account that my made for me for like a several months and then i like while i was on that account i logged out of a different account that had got suspended um and so they like got my ip and they suspended me and i had logged in to our podcast twitter account and like the second i logged in and started using it they locked it (laughs) i've only gotten locked out of my account once and this actually has to do with uh safe because i (laughs) And no, there was, we, like, I know this one because someone uh, asked, like, "Is Kelly Rykar a lesbian?" I said, "I don't know." I replied and I said, "I don't know, but I do know she has a fag hag relationship with Todd Haynes." That was the only time I ever got locked out of my account, and it was for like a day, or one a, time, a day or a week. I don't know. <laughs> one time I got locked out of my account for saying we need to kill all men, and I censored "kill." And they still locked me. Damn. This is so... They always, like, censor the wrong people on Twitter. They do. Like, I was just having a fun time. I was just having fun. Like, I didn't even do anything wrong. They they locked us out briefly on our podcast for having nudity. Oh, no, they... Wait. Yeah, they did. We had to change the profile picture because it had boobies. What was it? Like, was it still from a film? No, it was like a drawing. Yeah, it was a drawing. Mm. So, um, so we, we put, put minions over the nipples. So, <laughs> <laughs> if you go, <laughs> if you go on at Psychosexual Pod, our Twitter account for the podcast, she's in psychosexual the... pain. You will find. Um... Click on the profile picture and zoom in on the boobs. You will see minions right. on the nipples. Mm-hmm. 
It, it's very good. All right. Where's the tour for Kai? I have followed it recently. Yes, you're one of our six followers, including <laughs> me. Yes. Did you listen to the first episode? It was like kind I, of embarrassing thinking about it. I I forgot to. I apologize. Well, now that means that's actually, that's actually that's actually so good you. for us because that means that the three listeners that have listened to the podcast are people that are not involved. <laughs> oh, true. Um, God, is that like is that supposed to be like female Jesus Christ? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Oh, that! Oh, it's like a continuation of your uh, Bob getting crucified uh, profile. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes, 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 yes. <laughs> yeah, the minions, the minions really tie it all together. Yeah, <laughs> crucifixion, minions, crucifixion, crucifixion. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Whatever the word is. Crucifixion. 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 It's people feel very cross about crucifixion. by the way you should like plug your twitter account right after that because that was Uh, your because you're (laughs) follow me at pun underscore trash pun trash every time i'm in a space with jacob he always makes the like the best puns the best puns he always makes puns I do. It's it's part of the brand. Wait, have I been on the space with you? Yes. I have no probably. idea. Oh my god. I, I well, I probably don't remember. I was probably not sober, but you know. Uh, yeah, um, actually, no, I like I remember the fact that we were all on a space together actually once. I'm, yeah, I'm not the best with faces, voices, or names, so I apologize. My face isn't on it, so it, it's fine. Or my name. Fair enough. <laughs> actually my uh, face might be my profile picture but but it's like really that. zoomed in it's really zoomed in yeah, yeah. it's like your forehead and your eye <laughs> yeah you wouldn't be able to tell um, yeah. do you see the resemblance guys remember this is an audio medium yeah <laughs> <laughs> Um, safe has totally been abandoned yeah uh well can we just talk about todd haynes in general if i may ask like uh because i want a very interesting filmmaker in general i gotta i i need to finish his filmography i i promised a friend of mine that one day we would do a fucking todd haynes full-on deep dive because i've seen like at least more than half of this have you seen like the karen carpenter story Yes, and the new. Did you see the news that that came out that like the he's gonna make it? Yes, I'm so, yeah, but I mean, I part of that film's like, I mean, look, I think it's a great movie. I think it's a movie. It's arguably the best, one of the best, at least one of the best biopics on a pop star. Um, and that's uh, to me why I love Todd's film so much is his fascination with music and and pop pop music as well it's i feel like that is like the perfect like short film to start off like his like filmography because it like truly is like his most of his films are like split into like these unconventional music biopics or Mm -hmm. stuff about music in general and then the other half is like about 
like women and period pieces that are kind of in distress <laughs> like so, housewives. she in psychosexual pain is she in psychosexual pain <laughs> she might be um wait one. my have you not seen carol oh wait no i have seen carol okay yeah carol's wait. carol's great oh and, wait uh, carol's good my I guess Haley is like in the minority here. No, I know. Listen, listen, I've tried it. And it just doesn't it just doesn't hit. Hey, that's fair. It's, yeah, sometimes it's just like you know, it's like it's like when you know it's like a movie is like objectively good, but it's just not for you. Yeah. And that's fine. I, it's like uh... it's actually sad because it like Carol to me like totally makes me like understand Kate Blanchett like the crazy Kate Blanchett fans I'm like oh yeah she's like actually hot, really sadly she's like actually hot sadly despite See, how that's annoying the thing, she is that's the me. thing about Carol for me is that I didn't I was not into Kate Blanchett or Rooney Mara's performances or characters in that film I like totally disagree but we'll leave it there. Yeah. All right. I, what, I will, did, did you like Rooney Mara in, um, in Girl with the Dragon Tattoo? I haven't seen it. Oh, okay, never mind. I've seen bits and pieces of it. I haven't seen the whole film. I didn't love Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, but I thought she was good in it. I mean, like, controversial opinion, guys. An acclaimed performance was good. <laughs> Um, I'd say, I'd say definitely, um, I think I unlocked a secret level of Carol when I saw the David Lean film Brief Encounter, which is, I think, um, especially because like Haynes like directly lifts from that film, like at least with the prologue and especially with the opening shots and the blocking. Uh, because both films start out with two lovers who are having a secret affair and uh, and like they're just talking at a table and you know that they've had like some past and some history and they are just like very sad now and uh, especially like with a piece of movement that Kate Blanchett does where she grabs uh, Rooney Mara's shoulder uh, that's basically what happens in the beginning of Brief Encounter and uh, here's my plot summary of the next 40. Uh... And we're back again. Jacob just briefly got cut off, but <laughs> I, he, was, he was joking about yeah. describing. But like uh, Todd's fascination with um and love of melodramas all has always been one of my favorite aspects to him as a filmmaker and like his love of old Hollywood and all of that stuff. Um, because a lot of like you think of like a movie like Far From Heaven, which I I think is very good film. It's it's an homage to the Douglas Sirk films of the past, namely uh all that heaven allows wonderful movie and uh imitation of life which i admittedly haven't seen uh one is about a film 
of All That Heaven Allows is about an old woman. Uh, her husband dies and she falls in love with uh, her gardener, played by uh, Mr. Rock Hudson. And uh, Imitation of Life, I don't know much about it, but I know it's Cirque's most, it's this film that deals the most with racism. And All That Heaven Allows Uh, is your audio cutting out? Or is it my, on my end? I don't hear him. Jacob, I think your audio cut out. My internet. So mm. sad. Oh, okay, wait, so you were talking about, um, you just, like, touched on how, um, I don't know what you were saying. Oh. <laughs> no, like, I, no, like, I was, um, uh, you were like, I don't um touched on how one of his films um yeah. touched on racism. That was like yeah, Douglas Sirk's, the cutout. Douglas Sirk's Imitation of Life is a film. Um I don't know, I haven't I don't know the full plot to it, but I know it's about a bunch of characters and how it deals with racism and it was his most explicit film about the subject. Mm -hmm. But all that heaven allows is a film about classism and it's about, you know, this like uh, the the gardener she falls in love with, he's not very rich. Um, she uh, is a rich woman, but she has no interest in kind of like moving into like modern technological advances. Yeah. Um, and, you know, her kids are more concerned about where they're going to be in her will versus I want versus wanting, uh, you know, her mother to be happy. And again, a uh, big, uh, big theme and aspect of the film is, of course, um, gossip. And that's what Far From Heaven is about, too, especially because it's about um, a white woman who falls in love with a black man, mm -hmm. specifically also a, uh, a poor black man. Well, maybe not a poor black man, but just in general, the, the, the social classes and, of course, the um the social classes and their races are of course like you know connecting or not not connecting them they're pulling them apart and that's a big theme of Cirque's films too is gossip and how different classes and different sections of people can't be together not because they you know can't connect and communicate but it's because they're afraid of everyone else around them and i think and where I'm going with this is that, like, a lot of Todd Haynes' films are very much about being, being gay. Oh. No. He <laughs> <laughs> got cut off again, Jacob. Todd Haynes' films are very much about being gay. <laughs> That's all we heard. <laughs> Todd Haynes' films are about being gay. Uh, <laughs> God damn. Boy. <laughs> like I'm honestly the worst part to thing. cut off actually uh i have the worst goddamn internet on planet earth where was <laughs> it todd haynes's films are about being gay yes uh you know because because uh because like and what i bring up about this especially for a film like far from heaven is that 
Douglas Sirk had to flee Nazi Germany in the 1930s. He was already a successful German filmmaker, but he had a Jewish wife and he was afraid that they were going to persecute her because of like Nazi, of the Nazi regime. So he had to flee to America and became a successful director uh, in, in Hollywood. Mm -hmm. And in some cases, I guess a lot of his films, a lot of his melodramas are very much about that as a result. Like all that heaven allows is about a forbidden relationship that nobody can know about. And I guess that really spoke to Todd Haynes when he was a young man and starting to make films because now it's like, okay, I am also this young man who like most of my friends are dying from AIDS. I have, I can't reveal the fact that I'm gay. I have to, and, and he found solace in these films, which are about these forbidden relationships. And Far From Heaven is very much a tribute to Cirque and, and uh, those sorts of themes in uh, his own work. And Brief Encounters was written by Noel Coward, who was a gay man. And you have like these two characters sharing, like uh, even though they're straight characters, they're both in married relationships. Mm -hmm. um, and so he was kind of using that as uh, like, I am a gay man, I have a gay lover, but we cannot be seen together. This is why you are such an amazing guest for this episode, because you are so knowledgeable about like film and especially like older film where we are, that's like a blind spot for me and Haley. A bit, would you say? Oh, Are you asking me? Yes, I'm asking you, Haley. Oh, would you I agree guess. with my statement? Like, I mean, it's like I don't think we are as knowledgeable as well. Oh, definitely not. Yeah. <laughs> I appreciate your compliments. Thank you. See, we much. haven't seen neither of us have seen Far from Heaven, which we plan to, and <laughs> it's good that Jacob, you have seen it. I know. I, I feel bad because I. I was like, we're going to do an episode on Safe, Far From Heaven, and Carol. And that actually made Jacob watch Far From Heaven. I did. Oh, I, really? I watched it two hours. I watched it. Because uh, I have a German friend named Hannes. And I was like, hey, we're going to, like, uh, I have to watch this for our podcast. We plan to watch something today. Do you want to watch this? Yeah. And, uh, and then he's like, yeah, sure, let's let's do it. And then he was like, and then he read the Wikipedia. He's like, this sounds really, really heavy. And I was like, yes, but it's 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 based off a of certain melodrama, so it'll probably have a happy ending. Uh, I won't say whether or not it does, but um, <laughs> but uh, it's a. Uh, I thought it was a really damn good film, and uh, Julianne Moore is uh, my beloved as always. One thing we failed to actually talk about is how safe is that is julianne moore's first starring role really yeah yes i didn't know that talk about like i think todd haynes is i don't know just the fact that julianne moore is such a gay icon <laughs> and her first like starring of course her first starring role would be in this I think it, it's so beautiful and magical. <laughs> I love it. I, um, yeah. I, I think also God bless Todd Haynes for like 
I think Julianne Moore is so talented. She probably she was working already at that point. She's been was like in the fugitive for like briefly before. That's she's also in shortcuts by Robert Altman. Yeah, so like uh, she was like kind of like she was working, but I think this really was the film that made um the rest of the industry at least notice her. Mm-hmm and a fast like made it fast tracked her career so i think it's also like just such a great for a starring role it's mm-hmm. just so good this movie oh god again I, I remember i'm always taken back to when i was when i was a teenager just watching this movie for the first time and just being so like enraptured by her performance and again that car scene is just and absolutely terrifying and i remember too i like the, when i watched carol for the first time i remember it was i was in college and it was like 11 at night when i or no like and then it was one in the morning when i finished and i had class the next day but i'm like fuck it i'm in the mood for safe let's put that on again no todd Haynes. he just i i need to watch more todd Haynes films I really don't. Same. No, I've literally only seen Carol and Safe. Like, I need to get deeper into it. Did anyone, did you see Dark Waters? I need to. I, I want to see Dark Water. I, I feel I'm like late period stuff. Yeah, I've heard. Actually, I like uh, people that I like generally agree with said that they like Dark Water. So I have to see it. But, um, yeah, I'm excited one. for his new film. What is it with Natalie Portman? Oh, yes, and, oh, it's gonna rule. It's gonna Julianne be so Moore. good. It oh is. my god! <laughs> oh, like oh. as soon as I read that plot description, I'm like, oh, the oh my god, back. it's gonna be so good. Yeah, because there's one movie that I didn't necessarily love from him. I loved it on first viewing, but with like this time went on. Uh, I realized, like, okay, this isn't really all that, and it's it's the Velvet Underground documentary. The oh, first wow. half really strong, and then I think once they stopped letting John, K- like, once they ran out of John Cale interviews, it then just becomes a regular basic Talking Heads documentary. And oh, okay. Like, I haven't seen that yet. I I've uh, been planning to watch it. It's definitely worth watching, especially if you're a fan of the Velvet Underground and you like hearing, you know, the the members. Like, because it starts out with uh, narrative footage from Lou Reed, from John Cale, from you know uh, uh, Sterling and Mo, and it's all really, really good sound clips. And you get to see some, and you get to see like um, that sort of community in which like the Velvet Underground like really kind of came up in. But that's the first half of the film. I think it's more, in some ways, it's more interested in the Andy Warhol film scene and like kind of like that Lincoln Center era of like New York art, yeah. rather than like the Velvet Underground as a whole. And that's why I ended up being kind of disappointed by it because once Andy Warhol enters the like leaves the picture, suddenly the movie starts to like get really kind of boring. Yeah, fuck Andy. <laughs> yeah, Andy. It's kind of problematic. 
<laughs> no, he's so problematic. <laughs> no, like, no, yeah. Like, so bad. <laughs> knock on the door and then immediate. Everybody say hi to my cat. She wants to go out. <gasps> oh, hi, oh my god. No, she barely leaves the porch. I promise. <laughs> um. Yeah, Andy Warhol. I don't know what to say. About like him. all the pop art he's so famous for is like a ripoff of Yayoi Kusama. And he it, yeah. made all these films where he would like d- basically drug people and like make them yeah, have he sex. Just, like, ex- he just like um, exploited all of his subjects, basically. Yeah, yeah and know. like what he did, he did this like one series on like it was like photo portraits of like drag queens and trans women, and he paid them each like fifty bucks yeah. to pose and made literally millions of dollars off of them. Yeah. Like he was so awful. Exploitive, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I didn't know that he got like shot and was like permanently disabled. I only knew that from like the movie, like uh, a movie, the movie like I shot Andy Warhol or something titled like that. It's like, it's like literally a movie about the. Andy Warhol's shooter. That's sick. <laughs> I kind of need to watch that. There's, oh God, shout out to my friend Jake who told me like that they and their girlfriend or and their partner had watched, um, what, what the fuck was it? American Horror Story. And Lena Dunham plays the, the lady who play, oh, uh, shoots Andy Warhol. <laughs> That's so good. That's like that's actually Your, so good. Your faces were amazing. Like you just like like witnessed that like a like a murder <laughs> when I told you that information. No, wait. That's wait like, what season? I I fuck if I know. We'll, we'll like, just have to like search same. up American Horror Story Andy Warhol and we'll find it. Or American Horror Story Lena Dunham. I don't think she's in more than one season. But. Yeah, uh, um my left oh but um oh we it's actually so funny because (laughs) (laughs) that's something we have to post to our twitter account okay so american Um, horror story cult oh god mm -hmm. oh this one oh god i was reading about this apparently evan peters plays jesus christ (laughs) what wait wait that's actually that sounds so fun that seems like i need to like it's appointment viewing in the way that like i need to watch riverdale because of how batshit crazy it sounds yeah <laughs> like oh god one of these days i'm gonna watch all of riverdale because like i remember like it looked like a goofy little like you know twin peaks homage for like 15 year olds uh like at first like when it first started just with archie mm-hmm. comics characters that would have yeah, and now it's like just been going w- like more and more off the crazy. Like every time I go on Twitter and see something about, um, see something about that show, I'm it's like shocking. I'm like, how is this even related to what I've ever? Seen? <laughs> I saw a clip recently. 
recently where um oh my god what's what's the lesbian's name uh wait cheryl 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 somebody like shoots her <laughs> and it like <laughs> and she becomes she's like invincible so the bullet just like flicks off of her and she's like wait she's like <gasps> She's speaking like, oh, of, I'm invincible. <laughs> speaking of her, I saw like I heard there were I I this could like be like someone totally making stuff up, but they needed to like two female characters needed to like perform some sort of like life saving ritual or something by kissing and they were debating whether or not they should do it because if it was queer baiting or not <laughs> wait what i have no idea i'm so confused i have no i literally don't know but speaking of lena dunham Haley and I were also like contemplating maybe we should watch girls because everyone on the everyone on Twitter hates Lena Dunham, but everyone that watches girls loves it. Yeah. Girls. All I really want is girls. <laughs> and it's girls. Um I I have not uh, no, wait, I think I have seen some of girls when I was twelve years old and my uh TV had um secret hbo channel <laughs> that's I, like a fun show to watch at 12. i was watching it because i heard there may have been a lot of sex scenes yes and i was 12 years old and i was like oh yeah i mean isn't that like the main reason why a lot of 12 year olds watch hbo shows I feel like that's the main like, reason why a lot of twelve-year-olds watch anything. Like, yeah, yeah. Again, like I was again, I was twelve years old, so it was like. But, um, I, I want to see the. Have you even seen? Like, I've heard good things about Sharp Stick, and I kind of want to see Tiny Furniture. I heard like a lot of like mixed things about Sharp Stick. Like, the reviews were, like, absolutely terrible. But then people that have seen it are, like, more... Or at least, like, non-critics were a lot that I know. Like, people that I know on Mutuals, I guess, on Twitter, were a lot more forgiving of it. Did you see that? I, I, I know Haley has seen this, but, like, the Agnes Varda clip of her in the Criterion Closet, and she's like, oh, tiny furniture. <laughs> talking about Lena Dunham and how she loves girls and like um how she's gonna she picked tiny furniture out because of that it's really great I'm gonna give tiny furniture a shot though because there I remember being of a criterion group who was like oh that's the worst film in the collection okay like there's no way it's like actually the worst I'm not trying to think what what is the worst film? In the what is the think... worst film in the criteria? Wait, isn't collection? it like widely like agreed to be that like animated film? Which one? Um, Watership Down. No. Fantastic Planet. No. Fantastic Planet is great. Yeah, that's pretty good. I, I I guess like the worst that I've seen was like the Blob, but I feel like maybe. I would appreciate it now because I have a newfound appreciation for 50s monster movies. Mm. 
Um, I'm trying to think of like really. Oh, bad... maybe it was an animated. Um... Oh, jellyfish eyes. Yeah. Oh, Isn't that I... like widely agreed to be like the worst? I haven't seen it, but like I, I know, I I've heard that it's like the worst. Yeah, that one does not have its share of defenders. Um, I think part of it was like um, I don't know if it was shady marketing at all or not marketing but like kind of like i i don't know i guess i mean they definitely had like deals with distributors and directors to get like mm. their film like why is there so many kevin smith films in the collection other than like they definitely had a deal with somewhat a distributor i mean obviously he was like big in the indie scene i understand like mm. clerks and but like chasing amy yeah, it's chasing chasing Amy's the only one in in the Criterion collection. I yeah. think they were trying to be like you know kind of. I think that was maybe the only DVD line that would really kind of take it and have like enough you know goodies and whatnot. Yeah, maybe. And then um, Armageddon. I'm so. Oh yeah, that's kind of a greatest. But hey. If you ever came across Armageddon Criterion at a thrift shop or like at any store, tell me you would not pick that up. I mean, I probably would. Also, it's like you also have to admit, like Michael Bay is like an author. Oh yeah. <laughs> he like he like he, he objectively is. He has his own style. And like, yeah, he is like even if you like vehemently disagree with it, like that type of filmmaking has influenced. Oh, yeah. A lot, almost all popular films for like the Spielberg past two them. decades. Like, yeah, like, okay, right? <laughs> it's like, I, it is like influential no matter how much I may disagree with it. Honestly, and yet, and my thing, I, I know this is not a hot take or anything like that, but I remember watching Ambulance and I was like, holy shit, this is actually really fucking good. I haven't seen Ambulance. I heard like it was like, like the way they were promoting it was like critics that normally hate Michael Bay love this movie (laughs) which is such an amazing like so funny I also find it very funny that like as soon as Michael Bay left like the Transformers um series Bumblebee got like the best reviews out of all these Transformers movies and it was like fine it was, it was a cute. fine movie. It was a fine movie. I like Kelly Fremen Craig. She's awesome. She's uh, uh, the right. What else? I mean, bad Criterion movies. Um, I guess um the one I always keep going back to. Actually, you know what would have been the worst? No, I, 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 I excuse me. Uh, <laughs> y'all remember when Sixteen Candles was kind of announced like they had they used to be they used to do these like drawings i don't know if they still do these anymore they used to do these like big drawings and they would have like little clues as to like ooh, what's coming to the criterion collection next and it was very obvious that 16 candles was like one of the clues that like might like oh this might come to the criterion collection next and i remember everybody doing like big nope i think <laughs> the reception to that immediately like kind of like shut down the possibility of a 16 candles character so i do funny. not i i honestly don't even like the breakfast club that much but oh. i understand why like it's 
influential to like the teen movie genre and like John Hughes in general so like I understand why like it would be in the collection but it's like it also doesn't need the distribution and I don't like the film that much yeah I mean I I still fuck with the breakfast club 16 candles is a piece of shit though <laughs> like it's fucking bad I like, think honestly yeah I think my like, favorite John Hughes movie is like Ferris Bueller Ferris Bueller is still good yeah um, I don't I think well actually the only John Hughes movie I've seen that I like but did, did you ever see planes trains and automobiles oh not yet actually I I just remembered Home Alone's also written by John Hughes mm. but um I get I haven't seen plane trains and automobiles yet I, which is the like one. I know I need to watch it's like it's like a must watch kind of like comedy mm. but yeah I haven't seen it I uh I love that movie I just love John Candy he's he, yeah he's he a great actor um and uh like I like the best person to have ever done the the best write-up of planes trains and automobiles I ever saw came from Roger Ebert uh like uh, he he added it to like that big like great movie series and like he was talking about oh the jokes in this are great like and he kind of analyzes one and he tells a story about how he met john candy once upon a time and uh it's a, it's, it's a good write-up I, you I know really it's love. like when roger ebert is wrong i i feel like well not wrong it's his opinion but i disagree with his opinion a lot of oh, a lot of times but when he like when he has a when I agree with his opinion, I really agree with him. Like, I mean, but that could be said with any critic out there because we all have differing opinions and it's like, it's silly to act as if like one critic is like the monolith of all, what all popular criticism will be. Now, yeah. like during their, with like in their contemporaries and then compared to like the past and the future it's yeah i don't know exactly i wonder what ebert thought of safe i think actually i think i he gave a positive review of safe let's find out i i remember looking it up specifically i think it was a positive review You cut out again. Uh, Jacob, you cut off again. Oh, did I? Yeah. But you didn't have to cut me off. <laughs> um. Yeah, three out of four. I mean, still positive. Why does he have a four-star rating system? What is that? I'd, I actually hate it. <laughs> Yeah. That's ridiculous. But uh, he did. I, I mean, he was like the most famous. He's like the most famous music uh, movie critic of all time. So he could, I guess, he could do whatever the fuck he wants. But I guess, but like, <laughs> you don't have to try to be different. No, I, I actually hate. I hate the four star rating system because it's just like it's so much easier just to do five stars so you can like round it up 
to like tens. Exactly. But yeah. Uh, like at one point with like criticism, I'm like film criticism or music criticism. I'm like, oh, ratings are stupid, but then I know like I never actually read the review. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. <laughs> it's like oh like I'm like complaining about like ha- judging the um rating and then i'm i'm doing the exact same i like if i'm looking at pitchfork i'm not gonna like read the fucking review that's true that's true (laughs) and i like and i feel bad for like music critics and film critics because it's like obviously obviously like they'll get more clicks if they have the rating because that's what people will it's like easier for people Mm -hmm. i guess but then it's just you're never ever like ninety percent of the time people are not reading the review, the mm-hmm. actual words put to it. I find, but speaking of pitchfork, I find their ratings really weird, just because sometimes they don't even correlate to the actual words in the review, because of how they rate it, where it's like, um, yeah, aren't like, the like ratings? Agree- a group of people rate yeah, the movie and, and they average it's, an aggr- it. it's an aggregation of the yeah. Yeah. So I would much prefer if everyone it like who rated the music would like give their actual rating and their reason why instead yeah. of just one person because or, then like then the review and the rating don't have or not like sometimes have like a lot of differing opinions and They're don't like, match so the, with like the because review like you and the rating are consistent yeah because sometimes or they could it's do like both a, they could do, do like both. an average rating and then like post that somewhere else separate from the one person who's writing the review I, their mean, I, I think it's like an average rating theoretically is good because then it's like then you get like multiple opinions in place with that yeah but then Just have it separate separate from the one person who's writing the review and let them do their own thing and then have your average separate that makes sense I feel yeah like. <laughs> diving into our issues with pitchfork <laughs> yeah. I don't, like pitchfork is pitchfork is pitchfork that's the thing um i don't know i i uh, Pitchfork is pitchfork. At this point, I'm like kind of too used to them and whatnot. I, I mean, it's just like some, they are, it's like they aren't try to be so pretentious. I, like to, to me, they can be so, sometimes they're not. And I, I, I think, I, I, rem, I think I've talked about this before, but like when there is a tweet about like, Poptimism and how pitchfork influenced the culture into thinking poptimism is cool. I'm like, what pitchfork are you fucking talking about? <laughs> like maybe, maybe like pitchfork recently, but they're not they did not review any pop like popular pop artists until like five years ago. I mean, they did award Justin Timberlake's My Love Song of the Year in 2006. That's a banger. That's a good song. <laughs> like, no, like, but like, <laughs> that song. <laughs> well, like, it depends on, I guess, like, the cool factor of, I mean, Justin Timberlake, for what he is viewed as now, but like, 
he's not that cool. I mean, back but in he the like day, uh, he, that's Justin what I'm saying. Timberlake. Like, he had some good songs. <laughs> like, Honestly, like he has some bangers, really like does. some really good stuff. I, uh, I, I'm thinking about how, like, cause. I mean, do y'all remember when, oh. like, Justin Timberlake, like, the peak of his popularity, like, 06, 07, 08? Like, no, well, not really. Because I, I was too young. I do, because, oh, oh, my laptop's gonna die soon. Um, what? Plug it in. We, like, this podcast is coming up on an hour and a half. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, well, actually, probably closer to to this is our third session right yeah so that's like an hour and a half uh todd okay. is very good yes we'll just finish it up now i guess since Haley's yeah. laptop's about to die and our time left is like five minutes yeah. and maybe next episode we'll see if i ever update upgrade to zoom pro <laughs> yeah. which is probably not gonna happen unless we need like zoom as a sponsor or something yeah zoom sponsor us sponsor us um, and give us free zoom pro please subscribe to zoom so- pro if you want to see the entirety of this podcast <laughs> so we will stop we'll stop shit talking zoom if you give us yeah, zoom pro for free <laughs> Because we're so and... influential, we're so influential <laughs> that micro... people are lis- they're gonna listen to our we're podcast like, no, and actually, be like, we're so... "I don't support Zoom anymore," and so we're you guys actually, need to sponsor us. We're actually so underground and cool that we yeah. somehow have more influence because we're influencing the pop, the popular culture from, like, but from the underground. I don't know. This is so stupid. Like uh, our three viewers is gonna are gonna tell every our three listeners are gonna tell everyone they're gonna stop using Zoom. They're gonna lobby Zoom. They're gonna like show up at Zoom headquarters, just the three of them, and like literally harass and bully you guys until you sponsor us. No, they're they're gonna spread lies on the internet, and then (laughs) they're gonna be our sleeper agents. Actually, with like (laughs) the misinformation that has been going on recently like it's like we've seen how easy it is to manipulate the public as seen with like the johnny depp trial we can exactly easily... so we're sending so we're sending out a sleeper cell against zoom <laughs> <laughs> until they give us free at least free zoom pro mm-hmm. at yeah. least and we'll make sure to mention we have zoom pro every episode so we will <laughs> <laughs> so not to be like passive aggressive or anything but like if you give this to us, it's, it will be a free sponsor. All you need to do is give us free Zoom Pro. Yeah. I mean, so, you guys heard it. You guys heard it first. It's on the table. Come on, Jerry Zoom. We know this is going to be our podcast name <laughs> dedicated to the last five minutes of the episode where the podcast name is going to be Openly Begging for Zoom Pro. <laughs> <laughs> and never mind the fact that like an hour of the conversation was about Todd Haynes' safe and then like <laughs> other stuff like but the last five minutes are truly the most important part here exactly we need freezing bro exactly yeah 
Okay, I think that's it. I think we, I think we got down to all the important stuff and mainly discuss the pressing Zoom Pro issue. Yes. Yeah. All right. Yes. Okay. Actually, is there anything else you want to plug before you leave, Jacob? Um, just follow me at pun underscore trash if you like movie ship posts. Uh, they might be giants of worship and uh, I don't know, just uh, shitty tweets. Uh, follow me on my Substack. Uh, at least I won't have to lie to you anymore, which is not, which has not been updated in a bit, but I'm really trying to like get inspired again to really write something on there. Uh, okay, cool. So I think that's it. Right. Bye-bye, everyone. Bye. Have a good day. See you. <laughs> or night.